Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Don't adjust your set. Sky Clark here ahead of the weekend seaside visit to the Seagulls. The Arsenal in full flight ahead of their Amex adventure with three wins from three in the Premier League facing Brighton who sit in a lofty sixth place in the table ahead of kickoff. To give us the lowdown on the magic, Potter is working on the south coast. We're joined by Sussex Lads, Brighton and Hove Albion reporter Richie Mills. Richie, thanks for joining us and I suppose, as I say, we're going to get the lowdown on Brighton. I say a lofty sixth place, but I suppose for someone who watches them regularly, you'll probably tell me that last season they probably didn't finish where they deserve to in the end. Agreed. First of all, I really like the catchy jingle. That's a that's great <laughs> stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, but yeah, so I'd say it, I would probably be in between those. So obviously, last season they came 16th and they were labelled the kings of XG because, you know, they basically got memed because, you know, they just created so many chances and couldn't take them. Whereas this season, they're being, I think they're the third most, in terms of big chances, like creation rate, they're like top three. So they've gone from like almost one extreme to the other. So I was kind of expecting more of a middling, you know, mid-table type thing. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it's um, yeah, they've they've got rid of that Kings of XG, put it firmly elsewhere. And yeah, they're real contenders. It's it's incredible for, for Brighton fans at the moment. Yeah, in terms of that, that King of XG, kind of thing. It must have frustrated you last season just constantly hearing that. But as I say, this season, they kind of are now living up to to where they were. And a lot of people sort of saying, oh, well, it won't be sustained. It's very early season form type thing. But they are a side who do create an awful lot of chances. Yeah, so it's an interesting one. So last year, um, or last season, I should say, um, it was sort of a collective failing from pretty much the whole team, bar like two or three players in terms of they were below their XG. Like uh, Mope scored eight goals, but his XG was close to 14. Uh, Welbeck scored six, but his was close to seven or so. Aaron Connolly scored two, but his was close to five. Um, and in terms of like a midfielder, I think Pascal Gross was the only player to get like three goals and he got, and they were all penalties. So, yeah, this season, they're actually not creating as many chances, but in terms of big chances, they're just being more clinical, which is um, an interesting one. What, one thing that most XG kind of experts would say is that it is a good indicator of, you know, if you're ahead of your XG for a while, it will start to level off and then you will maybe get a more accurate picture. But um, I think what Brighton are doing a little bit more this year is they're just they're just being a bit smarter. Um, so often last year they'd have shots and it would be blocked and um, and I think just they would maybe they would they would be very nice up to the final third and they just wouldn't have enough creativity to break teams down um, whereas this season against they've had a, they have had a, a decent uh, on paper they have had like a, an easier run in so far we'll start the season um, but they last season they they um, they drew and lost to Sheffield United, who have got relegated. They drew and lost to West Brom. 
They had two nil-nils against Fulham who got relegated. Um, they basically just really struggled against teams around them and then got some good results against you know Man City, Liverpool, Spurs and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, this season they're just... It's um, to go to another sport uh, in like kind of Team Sky back in the day in cycling. It's kind of marginal gains. Um, and it'll be interesting to see when the fixtures get tougher, how well they do. But in terms of like beating the teams that you would sort of expect them to beat, they're doing really, really well. And um, yeah, and, and confidence is, is really high. And I think just the final point, the Leicester result, because obviously Leicester are a very good team these days, you know, FA Cup holders and uh, charity holders and that sort of thing uh, in Europe. And to beat them, um, to hold on to that win from being 2-0 up was a, a big, big step forward because last year they went 1-0 up against them and lost 2-1. And they actually surrendered more points from winning positions than any other team in the Premier League last year. So, yeah, it's um, it's a fantastic start. But, yeah, I'm still interested to see against, for example, Arsenal and others, how it's going to, if the wheels, well, not the wheels will fall off, but, you know, if their trajectory will be as, you know. Yeah, if it's going to be sustainable, yeah. Yeah, I completely get where you're coming from with that. I suppose it'll be one of the first real big tests. You mentioned Leicester, but Arsenal certainly hitting some real form ahead of this weekend's game and coming off the back of that North London derby win. But we've got to talk about the manager, Graham Potter, and the job that he's done. It feels as though things are beginning now to fully come together for him. Of course, when Chris Hewton left, there was obviously a lot of uproar from outside of, of how could Brighton possibly let this manager leave after bringing them up and keeping them up. But it has been a change of direction for the club and it looks as though things are really beginning to pay off. And, and over the course of the summer, of course, he was heavily linked with leaving both Tottenham and Everton supposedly on the uh, shortlist for when they were looking for new managers. How big is he out to sort of this, this whole project that Brighton are building? Uh, yeah, I think it's um, important. He, he um, it's interesting. I'd say so. Around the the last time that Brighton played Arsenal at the Amex, when obviously um, the Gunners beat them one nil, the pressure was on Graham Potter. Um, they had a really tough run. They were very close to the relegation zone. Um, I think they'd won three. They'd won maybe three games. And actually, yeah, I think you know what it took them twenty one times, twenty one games to win three matches last season, and they'd done it in the first few games this year. Um, but yeah, so the pressure was on. He was tinkering a lot, changing his teams around. Um, but then in 2021, from then onwards, from the end of the season, Brighton conceded the second and fewest amount of goals in the league. For a team that came 16th, that's, you know, that's incredible. Um, so he, he managed to get a solid foundation with the likes of Lewis Dunk, Adam Webster, and we can come on to him a bit if you want, uh, Ben White, obviously. Um <laughs> And and then from then on, they just they restricted teams to quite few chances, and then they still struggled to score up front. But they just had that solid base, and that and they built from it. Um, but slowly but surely, they they got some results. They picked up, and then they comfortably avoided relegation. And in the two seasons that Potter has been in charge, he led them to their record high points totals of forty one. Um, but also, what he's done, and I think maybe doesn't get talked about enough is the way he's improved players. You know, so often you get guys who just, oh, just sh you know, ship loads of money in and, and bring in players and then they improve. But I think the art of just actually being able to just get a player from, you know, not as good to, to very good, like Yves Basuma, he's, you know, he's come on so much. 
Adam Webster's, you know, gone from being, you know, championship player to talked about as a potential England centre back. Uh, Lewis Dunks continually getting better, solid March. So he's able to, that's a, for, for me, a very good sign of a coach if you're able to just improve what you've got, the current crop you have. Um, and and obviously this season they're, they're doing very, very well. So um, people are saying, you know, if, if you had a Harry Kane or, you know, a clinical guy up front, then wow, what would Potter's systems be able to do? Um, but yeah, so he's definitely, and he's also, so fun, I think he's he's bringing through the youth. So Brighton actually had, I think, gave more minutes than any other club uh, last season to youth academy players. So the likes of Ben White came through, Aaron Connolly um, in his second season, Robert Sanchez, who's now, a, who went from being a, a League One loney in Rochdale um, at the start of 2020, to now being number one keeper for Brighton and he's in the Spain squad, which is just, you know, mad. Um, yeah, I so, thought that was mad myself that he went from, as you say, from Rochdale to the Spain international squad. He was part of the Euro squad, wasn't he? Yeah, and he got his first cap recently. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, there's still, but I would say, though, there is still work to be done. Like, he's, I mean, in terms of if you step back from it, you know, there's been kind of a, a 16th place finish and I think a 15th place finish. Um, that Tony Blue, the chairman, wants them to be a, a top 10 club. So this season, it's looking like they are sort of making that jump. It will be interesting, like you say, to, if they can sustain it. But he has, yeah, in terms of bringing through players, academy players, improving players, um, looking like they could be solving some of their issues. Um so yeah, he's definitely got the tools to be a very good coach, but I still think he needs to maybe do really well at Brighton, maybe get them into the top ten, and then you could maybe look at him potentially going to, you know, the so-called bigger clubs type thing. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think for now he's doing a good job, very good job. Yeah, no, the infrastructure at Brighton is very impressive. I'm sure there must even be a, sort of a, a thinking in the back of his mind that hey, I, I could hang around here actually and and do something at Brighton. <laughs> We'll have to wait and see how it plays out with, with Graham Potter. But you mentioned how he's developed individuals and two in particular I want to talk about. One who plays for Arsenal, one who plays for Brighton. We'll, we'll start with the man in the Gunners side in Ben White, who, of course, made that £50 million move during the summer to Arsenal. Last year, Leeds United were very, very interested. Brighton didn't want to sell at any cost whatsoever. He's come to Arsenal now and there, there was... A few questions asked early on, certainly after his debut against Brentford, but certainly in the last two games, looks as though he really is kind of growing into that Arsenal jersey and such a calming influence at the back. What have you made to, I suppose, his start at life at Arsenal? And, and also, what, what was the feeling from the Brighton fan base when he left? Because as you say, he is someone who's kind of come through the ranks, albeit was farmed out on loan to a number of clubs before really getting a chance. He was only really in, in the first team for one season, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, yeah. Just start with yeah. White. Um, he yeah. Like you say, he he did did the rounds in terms of the football league. You know, he's he he got rejected by Southampton at sixteen, and then brought in by Brighton. Uh, I think nineteen or so. He went to Newport in League Two. Was hailed as the best ever loan signing um, by the manager. Um, he then went to Peterborough for half a season in League One and did the job. And then yeah, was in Leeds as player of the season and, and played, I think, every single minute of their uh, championship winning campaign. And then 
Um, obviously, yeah, they fended off, I think, up to a bit of up to 30 million for Leeds. Um, and looking back at it now, that was a very smart decision for Brighton. Um, but yeah, so I'd say, um, yeah, he, he's a very, very talented player, um, just in terms of some stats, like, um, I believe for like, for, for compared to the England defenders of uh, Connor Cody, Tyrone Rings, John Stones and Harry Maguire, he was actually ahead for tackles per 90, um, interceptions as well, um, and that sort of thing. So he did, you know, he's not, he's no mug. Um, and he obviously got an England squad for it. No, I was going to um, say, how, I was just going to say, just just jumping in there, sorry, Richie, but just jumping in, in terms of coming to Arsenal, obviously there is a huge microscope on him and a lot's been made of, oh, he doesn't win that many aerial duels, but you mentioned there everything he is really good at. On the on the ground defending and his pace certainly on the turn of, of covering round, at Arsenal, certainly the last couple of games, he's been paired with Gabriel, who very much more is kind of the stopper and enforcer who goes and wins those aerial duels. And you can really see the quality of Ben White that is progressing the ball from deep. And as I say, doing his defensive duties as it is, rather than kind of, I suppose, getting hung up on maybe what he's not so great at. Yeah. So I think just to, on that point, what um, what allowed, I think, White to flourish was he had two giants next to him in Adam Webster six for three and Lewis Dunk six for four. And, and they're both actually very good ball playing centers, but White in particular, so versatile. He played, you know, all pretty much all across the back four and also many times and did very well at uh, defensive midfield. Um, so he was sort of, they did like the kind of, you know, the more traditional defending work. And then he was allowed to go forward and and um, and then be sort of preemptive and, and cut out balls, you know, as they tried to, he was very good at stifling attacks before they could properly get going. So he would, you know, run forward on the halfway line and, and cut it out or, yeah, uh, be a bit preemptive there. But he he definitely, um, there were definitely times when he got like showed up. I think there, there was like a meme of like him getting done by Marcus Rashford. Um, uh, and I still think, and Brighton fans would say, and I actually do agree, that in terms of out and out defending, he was the third best defender of those back three with Webster and, and Dunk. Um, but the fact, but I don't think neither of them would have been as good as him when they were 23. So, yeah. like, he's, you know, Dunk's a very good defender at 29. Webster's very, is a good defender at 26. White is about to turn 24. Um, and he's only had one season in the Premier League. So his rise has been, yeah, very, very uh, spectacular. So, yeah, I would say, like, yeah, definitely give him time. Um, I think he can become a very, very good player and he will improve on, on you know, some of the kind of things he needs to improve on. In terms of the 50 million fee, uh, that's the, yeah. Everyone was very happy with that. Um, I think they, you know, they do rate him for sure. Um, but I think in terms of actually keeping onto a player, they, I think they were happy to keep onto Eve Basuma in terms of he's a more a key player. But yeah, um, I think so far White looks like yeah. There's a few things that needs to be ironed out, but there's definitely um, you know he has the potential to become a key player. I think for Arsenal. Just a real quick one on White in terms of a tactical sense. You mentioned their defensive midfield, and it was mentioned when he signed that he could play there. Did he ever play kind of in a a, a midfield two, as it were, with say an Eves Basuma? Just I, I'm only thinking because Granite Jack is now out for three months, and there's been a lot of talk around kind of the Arsenal fan base as to who could slot in maybe as a, a defensive midfield player alongside Thomas Partey in some of the bigger games. And you're mentioning in playing defensive midfield. I just wonder maybe if if Arsenal might benefit from his versatility in, in that kind of role, or if it's only that he's he's only kind of played as that sole defensive midfield player, if you know what I mean. 
Um, it's a good question. I remember um, those. I remember there was one game that he played fantastically in his defensive midfield, and Basuma was out that game, and that was against his old club Leeds. Uh, he was, I think, man of the match on that day. But I do think he has. Uh, I think he has played alongside Basuma because Basuma is, is more of a, I'd say, a box to box midfielder. But he, you know, uh, last season he topped. I think in terms of tackles and interceptions combined, he was you know the only player I think above 150. Um, so yeah, White would be a, a you know a, a deeper line. He would sit back type thing, yeah. and then progressively get forward. But he would not go as far as Basuma. So I think there is a possibility that he could play, um, could play alongside what would be maybe with Thomas Party or yeah, um, yeah, um, like in a four-two-three-one basically alongside alongside Party. Yeah, that was that was all I was thinking. But you mentioned Basuma. You've, you've teased us in a few times. I know a lot of Arsenal fans will be sort of drooling from the mouth at the mention of Eve Basuma's name. I have to say, I for one, having seen him last season, was absolutely amazed that no one came in for him this summer, at least kind of tested the waters. Because we, we, we saw, I suppose, even from the opening weekend of the Premier League season, this is a guy of genuine real quality. You get to watch him each week. Just how highly do you rate him? I honestly think he just gets better and better every week. And he's just got um, he's got a swagger about him now. He just, I mean, even like I think last week he said on BBC Sports, something on the lines of, you know, I believe that I have the mindset that I'm the best midfielder in the league, um, which is obviously a big claim. Um not sure I completely agree, but uh, he's yeah he he has gone from being you know a good player to to personally I think Brighton's best player um, and, and against Crystal Palace when they drew one all they they really missed him I mean Brighton's midfield was was second best um, without him and I think personally just jumping a little bit I think if Basuma doesn't recover from his extended knee injury that he suffered against Leicester this month um, sorry last month. Uh, I think Arsenal will will definitely win the game. Um, but yeah, in terms of he's yeah he's just he seems to be getting better with each week. Um, he's improving some other bits that weren't as good in terms of like his distribution. So he was he was you know he's good at kind of his pass accuracy was very good, but it was a lot of it was short passes. Whereas now he's he's not afraid to sort of ping balls across the pitch and and stuff like that. And and um, he he's, he's getting forward more. Uh, for example, against Watford. Um, he ran quite yeah thirty yards or so to to tackle Tom Cleverley, who was twenty five yards or so from goal. He robbed him of the ball, fed Mope, and Mope scored for their first goal against Watford. So, um, and then obviously, and he's still fantastic in terms of tackles and interceptions. I think before this weekend's results, he were um, only he and um, Wilfred and Didi of uh, Leicester had ten plus tackles and interceptions. So. Yeah, he's picked up where he's left off. He's, um, yeah, I think he's absolutely box office. He's a fantastic player. And uh, like you, I was very surprised that, uh, I, I understand that no actual bids were submitted. There's been a lot of a kind of interest, but yeah. Um, and I, I think Tony Bloom, the chairman, would would reportedly want at least the very minimum 40 million. So it could be closer to 50 or so. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a fantastic player. Yeah, he's only got two years left on his, his deal, does he not? So by next summer, a year summer left, of maybe. 2023, so not even, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah, next summer it'll be a year left on the deal. Maybe he might be primed for the plucking. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Before we go then, Richie, you know how these things work. We get you on to give us the lowdown. And then at the end, we both embarrass ourselves with predictions. <laughs> how do you think the game's going to gonna play out? 
I'm going for a gentleman's 14 all. So, yeah, I think just, I said a little bit earlier, um, if Pesuma plays, I reckon, right, I don't, I, I personally just, in terms of like matchups and um, Arsenal have got pace to burn in, in lots of areas and, and the current form they're in, even though Brighton doing very, very well. I do feel that if Pesuma plays, they can get maybe a one or draw. But if he doesn't, I think Arsenal will win 2-1. So I'm going to go, yeah. and I don't think, uh, just going from um, photos that Brighton's website puts out and the video of the training, I didn't see Basuma there, um, which is never a great sign. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't start and therefore I think Arsenal will win 2-1. What about you? Well, I, I, I'm... Brighton, it always makes me... I know last year won both games to nil, but it kind of makes me shudder thinking back to that game when we came back from the pandemic and Neil Mopai <laughs> scored late on. And yeah, I, I think there's been so much optimism and positivity around Arsenal that maybe we, we could be in for a bit of a uh, bring bump back to uh, earth. And I think, as we mentioned right at the top, Brighton are going under the radar and a lot better maybe than what a few people may well think. But I'm with you. I think Arsenal can maybe scrape it 2-1. But we'll have to wait and see how it does play out. Do make sure to give this video a like and do subscribe if you are new to the channel. But from myself, Guy Clark and Richie Mills, thanks for joining us here on the Arsenal Way YouTube channel. And don't forget, just keep following us down the Arsenal Way. Oh, Oh, no, 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 no